Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com. By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at VortexOptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at QuestNatureTours.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. BeautyoBooks.com. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to our show number 941. Our show is about birds and birding and our environment. Let me take our environmental cue from Henry David Thoreau, who asked the question, What's the use of a house if you haven't got a tolerable planet to put it on? And that question is top of mind as we do our show live here on the 2nd of Plastic Free July. More about Plastic Free July and what it means for our planet in a couple of minutes. We have a bit of an Aussie focus on today's show. That's Aussie as in Australia with a special guest direct from Western Australia, a salute to a resident of Eastern Australia, a featured feathered friend from Australia, and an audio postcard sent to us by a native of Australia. Here's that postcard now. It's from our very own Talking Birds team member and Melbourne, Australia native Freya McGregor. Hi everybody, it's Freya McGregor here. I'm at my most favourite state park in the whole world, which is White Lake State Park in New Hampshire. We used to live in Boston, which is how I started working for Ray at Talking Birds, and this state park is somewhere that I really love coming to camp. I'm back here because I'm on a book research trip, and it just happened that this state park was the perfect place to camp on my way last night I was listening to loons yodeling away on the lake and this morning I'm on a little trail in a lower wet area and there are so many birds singing I'm feeling really proud of myself because I'd written myself off as someone who just wasn't good at birding by ear but in the last year or two Suddenly, I guess I've had enough exposure to different the birds like over and over again and suddenly my ears are picking up and my brain is remembering what these bird calls are and there's oven birds in here, there's cat birds. The cat birds were sort of having a territorial dispute with a veery. Uh, I saw a downy woodpecker and a yellow-bellied sapsucker. There's a scarlet tanager singing somewhere way up high. Red-eyed vireos, white-breasted nuthatches. Oh my gosh, so fantastic. You can hear all these kids uh, in the background there down on the beach at the lake splashing about, which sounds like a lot of fun too. But I'd rather be betting. <laughs> Bye. All right, thank you, Freya. You may have heard her mention that she's on a book research trip. We'll be talking with her about that on an upcoming show very soon. And uh, as far as listening to birds and identifying them by ear, we'll talk about some uh, help in that department coming along a little bit later on in the show. 
Here's a little preview now of our mystery bird contest coming along a little bit later on in the show. And just a reminder quickly that uh, if you listen to our show online, you can do that live from anywhere on the planet that will gain you some good access to our mystery bird contest. Here's the bird. Some clues. Our mystery bird is a small songbird with a black mustache, a yellow forehead, white underparts, and a reddish-brown streak along its sides. Our bird breeds across much of Canada, and from New England to the Great Lakes region in the U.S., winters in Mexico and points south. Our mystery bird feeds on insects and other arthropods and sometimes fruit, and tends to inhabit clearings and road edges and other disturbed areas with young, deciduous trees. This is the preview of the contest coming later in the show. We have fabulous prizes from Brome Bird Care. It's the Brome Squirrel Solution 150 or 150 bird feeder. It is truly squirrel-proof, and all the parts exposed to squirrels are made with chew-proof materials. Plus, we have a 12-ounce bag of shade-grown, bird-friendly, birds and beans coffee. It's the coffee that is not only delicious, but is grown under the natural forest canopy, preserving habitat and food for wintering birds. That's on the Mystery Bird Contest coming along just a little bit later on in the show. And now our Australia uh, Australia um, focus, that's what it is, uh, continues with our Conservation Salute of the Week. As we salute a lady from Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, who's just been appointed as a member of the Order of Australia, an honor that was established by Queen Elizabeth II, Queen of Australia, and which recognizes outstanding achievement and service. She's Anne McGregor, honored for her decades of work helping to turn what was basically a rubbish dumping area into what is now the beautiful Mary Creek, a waterway in Parkland that's alive with birds and other creatures and beautiful vegetation. And she did it through her leadership as well as that of her husband, Bruce McGregor, of a volunteer community group called the Friends of Mary Creek. And how did we find out about Anne? (laughs) Well, she happens to be the mom, or mum, as our Australian friends say, of our own Freya McGregor. Anne, your daughter is very proud of you, as we all are. So our Conservation Salute of the Week to Melbourne, Australia's own Anne McGregor. Every week we also salute our royal members of our Talking Birds listening audience, our ambassadors. Those are the folks who volunteer to help us spread the word about our show and about what uh, we're trying to do, promote the idea about birds and conservation. A couple of base staters to thank. Cindy from Brookline, Massachusetts. Thank you so much, Cindy. And thank you to Brian Sullivan from Wrentham, uh, Wrentham. Massachusetts. Thank you very much, Brian. Very easy to become a Talking Birds ambassador and important to us. All you have to do is go to the Get Involved tab at TalkingBirds.com to see how to sign up. It's really easy, and becoming an ambassador is easy, too. That's the Get Involved tab at TalkingBirds.com. Still to come on our show today, if you've listened to Talking Birds for a while, you've heard us talk about plurting, picking up litter while birding. We think it's a good idea, but there's so much more that we can do and must do, really, to reduce the use of plastics, especially single-use plastics. That leads us to our plastic-free special guest, 
Plastic-Free July, that is, Rebecca Prince-Ruiz from the Australia-based Plastic-Free Foundation. Also today, the great Mike O'Connor will join us for a live Let's Ask Mike segment about his latest experiences with the Merlin Bird ID app. And up next, today's featured feathered friend from Australia is presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. North America's most multicolored bird has to be the painted bunting. And maybe its closest Australian counterpart in that way is today's featured feathered friend, a medium-sized parrot called the rainbow lorikeet. It has a deep blue head with a greenish-yellow collar on the nape, while the rest of the upper parts, as well as the thighs and rump, are green. The chest is orange-yellow, the belly is deep blue, and in flight, red underwing coverts contrast with a yellow wing bar. Male and female are virtually identical. While appreciated for its beauty and loved by many, the rainbow lorikeet is also considered a major agricultural pest, devouring cherry, apple, pear, stone fruit, grape and vegetable crops, and field crops like sorghum, along with flowers and ornamentals. Rainbow lorikeets can also cause trouble for other bird species, including native Tasmanian parrots, and they compete for food and resources with the musk lorikeet, the green rosella, and the critically endangered swift parrot. But rainbow lorikeets also face their own threats, especially by way of a disease known as lorikeet paralysis syndrome, which causes the birds to become paralyzed and unable to fly. Hundreds to thousands of cases of the disease have been reported annually for several years now. And University of Sydney veterinary professor David Phelan says the syndrome is one of the most important wildlife diseases and animal welfare concerns in Australia. Still, according to BirdLife Australia, this beautiful pest is listed as being of least concern in terms of overall species survival. It's today's featured feathered friend, Trichoglossus melocanus, the rainbow lorikeet. Plastic Free July is a global movement designed to help millions of people be part of the solution to plastic pollution. And the organizers ask us the question, will you be part of Plastic Free July by choosing to refuse single-use plastics. To tell us more about Plastic Free July is Rebecca Prince-Ruiz. She's the founder of the Plastic Free Foundation, which created the initiative. She joins us now from Western Australia. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Ray. Lovely to be speaking to you. Wonderful to have you with us. And before I ask about Plastic Free July... I want to get your thoughts on the destruction wrought by plastic pollution. We know, for example, that millions of tons of plastic are being dumped into our oceans every year. Uh, what's your way of describing the scope and the complexity of the problem? I think, for me, the best way to describe this problem, it's a tap that is turned on full. Um 
there's more and more water, in this case, more and more plastic uh, production has increased exponentially. And unlike any other material that we've ever used in society, we're not collecting it and reusing it and recycling it and valuing it. We're using it just once and we're throwing it away. And unfortunately, the majority of it is ending up in landfills and an increasing amount is ending up as litter. And Mm -hmm. I think it's the oceans issue, the plastics ending up in our environment that has really uh, brought our hearts and minds to this problem and people wanting to be part of the solution and make a difference. Mm-hmm. Is it fair to say that's sort of how the Plastic Free July initiative came about? It came about for me actually whilst I'm, I'm motivated by the pollution problem, but when I started in 2011, it wasn't really being talked about. Um, mm. But it, I actually started it because I went to my local recycling facility and was confronted by the waste that not just I produce, but everyone in my street and my suburb. And when I realised just the sheer, the incredible volume of waste and the challenges of recycling it, um, I knew that the best thing that I could do as a, as a good citizen and, and, a, and a steward was to use less. And so for me, it was the start of a journey that's um, uh, been quite a surprise, <laughs> to say the least. A surprise mostly because? When I started, so unlike many environmental campaigns, I never set out to start a campaign. I saw a problem and when I went to put out my waste that night in my curbside recycling bin, I knew where it was going to go and I knew I had to do something different. And so it was just a very impulsive decision. I'm going to try and avoid plastic and single-use plastic in particular next month, which happened to be July. And and I really just did it because I knew I had to do something and take mm-hmm. responsibility. And 40 other people joined in. Uh, the fact that there's now 140 million people joining mm-hmm. in from 190 countries, mm-hmm. that's the surprise, which probably isn't really surprising when you think, this is a problem that we are all concerned about. There's a quote on the Plastic Free July website by Jeb Barrier from the documentary film Baggett. He says, quote, think about it. Why would you make something that you're going to use for a few minutes out of a material that's basically going to last forever and you're just going to throw it away? What's up with that? End quote. That kind of sums it up, doesn't it, uh, in terms of illuminating how I'll use the word crazy. The idea of single-use plastics really is. Yeah, well, look, you know, take that one step further and single-use everything that we mm. now have in our in our modern society. I think mm-hmm. it's really only been in the last few generations, largely since, since World War II, that we've started using any products for just a few moments and have thrown them away. I don't think mm-hmm. we're inherently wasteful, um, but the challenge and the problem with plastic is it is so cheap. It's made from fossil fuels. It's, it has been a byproduct of, of uh, the fossil fuel industry, but it's made from oil and gas. Mm-hmm. And 
it is for the first time in our history a material that is used on such a massive scale and an increasing scale that and we don't have the systems and facilities in place to collect it to keep using it again and again mm-hmm. well on your website which is very uh, comprehensive you have the question not sure what plastics you can change, and that leads to a quiz and a short survey. Um, and then there's the challenge. What is the challenge? So the challenge is really a, um, up to the individual. So we don't have a list of 10 things you have to do mm-hmm. and then you've done Plastic Free July because, let's face it, we're all in, living in different circumstances. We have different means and different um, we, we interact with plastic in a different way. So the challenge is we invite people to take part for a, try it for a day, try it for a week. If you're feeling game, try it for the whole month and just choose one or two single use plastics in your life. And that quiz helps you to do that. For some people, it might be remembering their reusable bags. For other people, it might be, um, avoiding the single use coffee cup that in in both our countries where you, you know billions end up in landfill every year for others it's around reducing packaging or refusing a straw there is so many uh we are we encounter this material in our daily lives in so many places and the important thing about plastic free July is a challenge it's not a competition so it's not about being perfect it's about doing a few things and if lots of people make small changes together that adds up to make a very big difference and is way more powerful than just a few people being perfect because I'm not perfect it's really hard I'd say impossible to live without single-use plastics for a month. A lot of great ideas on the website about curbing plastic pollution at all these different venues, at work, at school, at events, through your local government. And then you have details about campaigns that are going on all over the world. I wonder if you could inspire us by highlighting one or two of those campaigns. Yeah, so we try and um, people take the challenge in, in different ways, as you said, you know, in their personal lives, in their communities, it's very popular in schools, etc. though July is obviously a challenging month. One of the things, so our theme for this year is small steps, big difference. And on um, Saturday we'll be releasing a video just sharing um, images of participants from around the world who are taking action and taking their small steps. So I'm pleased to say we've got um, a, um, a middle a school grader from California who made a video of switching to a water bottle. We've got a a retirement home, I think it's in Vermont, and they're tackling the plastic cups. We've got legislators um, who are taking Plastic Free July into their communities. So we really encourage people to, to sign up, to share that video, and to take their small step in July because that inspires other people. And one of the other camp- really important campaigns and I'd, I'd, um, for, for this year is that we're inviting elected officials to take part and to specifically avoid that single-use cup. Uh, we know 
that those uh, coffee cups are lined with plastic if they're not made out of styrofoam and have plastic lids. Mm -hmm. They're commonly littered items. Mm -hmm. And, yes, we need governments to act and make good legislation to stop plastic pollution, but they also need to take responsibility for their own actions. So if there's any... um, uh, elected officials and any any mayors or, or senators listening, we'd love you to um, head to the website and take part. Indeed. Rebecca Prince Ruiz is the founder of the Plastic Free Foundation, creator of Plastic Free July. And we'd like to urge everybody listening right now to visit the website, take the quiz and the short survey, and respond to the challenge. It's plasticfreejuly.org. Plasticfreejuly.org. Rebecca, thank you for your marvelous work and the inspiration it provides, and thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you very much. It was my absolute pleasure to talk to you. Up next, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. There's our mystery bird. You know, we always say we're short on time. Boy, we really are today. So please give us a call as soon as you can and give us your guess or your definitive answer as to the idea of our mystery bird, a small songbird with a black mustache, a yellow forehead, white underparts, and a reddish-brown streak along its sides. That's kind of a definitive clue there. Our bird feeds on insects and other arthropods often along road edges and clearings and other disturbed areas with young deciduous trees. It's a bird that breeds way across Canada and from New England to the Great Lakes and winters down in the tropics. 781-837-4900 is the all-important phone number. Give us a call and tell us what it is or take your guess. No correct answer gets a drawing going, and we'll have the winner that way. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. Prizes include the truly squirrel-proof Brome Squirrel Solution 150 Bird Feeder and a 12-ounce bag of delicious, bird-friendly, shade-grown birds and beans coffee. In our Mystery Bird Contest, please give us a call as soon as you can. 781-837-4900. We'll check in with Mike O'Connor after a couple of brief messages here, including one that may represent a great opportunity for somebody from our friends at Beautio Books. Let's ask Mike in just one minute. Have you ever dreamed of owning a bookstore? 
Beauty of Books, a fixture in the birding community for over 50 years, is for sale. With our unique blend of high-tech and old-fashioned customer service, Beauty of Books has remained successful and strong. This thriving business offers the largest selection of new, used, and rare bird books in the world and needs only a new owner who's passionate about birds and books. If you or someone you know would like more information, contact us at customerservice at beautyobooks.com. Thanks. Quest Nature Tours has offered exceptional tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. In 2023, join us in search of colorful bird life and jaguars in Brazil or on our brand new Zambia Safari. See amazing wildlife and explore habitats with travel companions who truly enjoy nature. Talking Birds listeners receive a $150 credit towards their first tour. Visit QuestNatureTours.com today. Birds and much more. Guaranteed. Well, a couple of years ago, I guess it was, the Cornell Lab put out something called the Mer- Merlin uh, Bird ID app. That's the Merlin Bird ID app. And I guess they've updated it since. So we're going to find out, you know, how that thing is working out. Because Mike O'Connor was, I think, an early adopter for the first one and is back out there trying out the new version. Good morning, Mike. Hey, hey, good morning, Greg. I know you're out of time, so I'll talk faster than usual. <laughs> yes, uh, the Merlin ID app's been around for a while, but a couple of years ago, they came out with the Sound ID app. So yeah. before, you would uh, enter some descriptions and it would give you some clues what the bird was. And then they had a photo ID app where if you took a picture of a bird or had a bird you wanted to identify, you'd run it through the app and it'd give you some options. And then a couple of years ago, they came out with the Sound ID app, which everybody was excited about. You walk out into your backyard or into your woods, and, oh, my God, the dogs are barking. Um, <laughs> and you, would, boy. you would hold. Oh, it, it, it must be a dog bird, a bird dog. I think that's what I'm hearing, dog bird. Um, so, and then it would it'd tell you what the, the call was, and we tried it, and it worked fair. And then a couple of years later, it came out in the summer, so I tried it this year in the spring, and it still works fair. It still works okay. Everybody should get this app. That's the important takeaway here. Everybody should get this app. It's free on every smartphone. It won't work on your rotary phone, Ray. Sorry, but everybody has a smartphone. Get the app, and it's free. But just remember, take it with a grain of salt. It's like something you hear from David Clapp. You just have to... (laughs) Not believe everything that you hear on this, but it's very, very helpful. You go in your backyard, it'll identify the cardinals, it'll identify the robins, all those birds that give you trouble. What gives it trouble is the mimics. If there's a mockingbird or there's a catbird or a thrasher, then it's going to pick up some weird calls. And it kind of sometimes ignores some obvious birds. So when you don't go out there and someone says, oh, I got a Kirkland's warbler because they have said, oh, no, it's made a mistake. So just whatever you hear, you should use it, but just get a second opinion of that and the good thing about this app is it records everything it hears so if you're dubious about a call you can go take the recording to one of your bird nerd friends and play it for him or her and then it'll say oh no that's not that it's this so it's a really good app that you should get and they improve it regularly for sure they update it all the time so it's getting better and better, but it's still, I would give it like a C-plus at this mm. point because it does some amazing things, and then sometimes it just misses stuff altogether. It's a bit of a head-scratcher. I take two phones, play them at the same time, and it hits different birds, so I'm not sure, but it'll get better. It'll get better, but everybody should get it, and happy 4th of July, everybody. So different things on different phones. I think if you use a rotary phone, it'll probably work better because those are more <laughs> solid. Just keep putting the dimes in. You'll be fine. <laughs> Talk to you next week, Mike. Okay, Mike O'Connor from the famous Birdwatchers General Store, Cape Cod.
Massachusetts. We return now uh, with just moments to go to the Mystery Bird Contest and see if we might get a winner of those beautiful prizes from Broom Bird Care and Birds and Beans Coffee and Michael's in Pembroke, Massachusetts. Hello, Michael. Oh, boy, I got through. I'm so thrilled. <laughs> well, it's, I'm, it's, it's the golden-winged warbler. Golden-winged warbler is uh, almost the correct answer there. Darn uh, darn close, but not exactly uh, what we had in mind there. What? what? Am I missing the russet wing bark? Yeah, and not the really golden wing thing here uh, either, yeah. This was, it wasn't a wing bar. This is kind of on the side. Was that uh, that that thing that we mentioned about well, the, the wing the, warbler has a little bump yeah. on the front of its wing? Hmm. Let me check Yellow. again. Maybe it is the golden wing warbler. Let me check. Uh, no, actually, it it isn't. But but Michael, thank you. Oh boy, am I disappointed? <laughs> oh, well, well, we are too. I have a picture of it right in front of me. It's a it's a bookmark oh, oh. from you know you know what, Michael. We're going to make you the winner, I and mean, we have to. After all, we just have to. We are making you the winner. Stay on the line, and Jesse will get your info. Oh, Our, thank you so much. The winner, the actual bird we had in mind was the chestnut-sided warbler. Next week, Christian Cooper, a blackbirder who was the target of a famously false allegation when he was birding in New York Central Park a couple years ago, will be our guest. He has an amazing new book, so we hope you'll join us. Thanks for being with us. Happy Independence Day weekend. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com.